Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. Welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick. I teach frustrated professional mums who juggle everything to transform their lives, to lose weight and lead a healthy life so they can feel fit and fabulous. On the Fit and Fabulous podcast, we chat about nutrition, healthy living, emotional wellness in a way that you can apply to your life. I'll show you how to stop being frustrated and overwhelmed with healthy living and how to make it easy and fun. You're invited to sign up to my family-friendly meal plan. Three easy meals to help you lose weight that the kids will like too. And my systems video, the simple system that keeps the kids happy and helps you shed the pounds. You can sign up at drorlina.com. That's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash healthy dash family dash meal dash plan. Now on with today's show. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick. Today we are not talking about health and wellness because we are living in extraordinary times. And I don't know about you, but I have four children at home and I they are not at school and I'm now having to homeschool them and be responsible for their education, which I find super scary. And I know that I'm not alone in this and lots of people are struggling with this. So I'm super excited to welcome Karen Tripp to come and talk to us. She is a homeschooler and her website is Teach Beside Me. So she's a super expert in all things teaching and she's going to help us put our mind at rest and also give us some of her amazing tips. Karen, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you and your audience. It's fun to be here. Thank you. One thing I would say is, you know, I've got four kids and they're ages nine and seven, sorry, the twins are seven, nine and 11. And one thing that I see is, you know, we're living in a moment of anxiety. There is definitely lots of anxiety. And on top of that, I'm having to do this homeschooling. And I didn't sign up for homeschool. That's why I sent them to a normal school. 
And the older ones are quite good at directed learning because they have homework from their school, but the younger ones are just absolutely hopeless. And, you know, I'm really worried that that they're just not doing any work at all. So what are your biggest tips? Help me out here. Yeah, definitely. So I, I also have four children and my youngest is six. And so she's kindergarten age. And um, it is it is a more involved age for sure. <laughs> my older kids, I have a 15, 12, nine, and then my six-year-old. My oldest two work completely independently. I don't do much with them. They have their assignments and we check in. But the younger ones, I have to focus on and do some work with. And I would say a couple just of my biggest tips for those littler ones. If you have older kids that have some time to help, if you're trying to work, that's a really good way to get you getting some things done and then allow the younger ones also some work time. But um, also just anything hands-on and manipulative. We use a lot of um, like pattern blocks and counting toys and things like that that you can set out and they can find some time to work independently. If you lay some things out for your younger children and then you can go and do some work because I know all of us are busy moms trying to get things done amidst all of this chaos. Um, Those are a couple of little things that I like to do with my little ones. And then anything that you can find they can work independently on. That's that's the biggest thing for me. So for my youngest, I, I have little math activities that I have made and printed for her that I set out and she can she can build patterns or she can color and build play-doh on on mats or different things like that. Fabulous. One of the things I find is so today with one of my seven-year-olds, I set him some maths homework and I do notice like I've got twins. So the oldest twin the oldest twin, she's 20 minutes older, the girl. <laughs> actually when I set her down to do a task, there's quite a bit of complaining about it. But when she gets into it Actually, if she gets a little bit more of my attention, as in setting it up and talking to her about it, then she can go and do it. So, for example, I was giving her some multiplication tests to do. But her brother, although he's perfectly capable, he just doesn't want to do it. He's like, I find it boring. And, yeah, I kind of understand that. So how can I make it more fun to him? But at the same time, I don't want to be there with him doing it. Like, I appreciate there are times when I can do that. But there are also times when I just need him to do something sort of self-directed. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And that's going to be a personality thing between children. I have some children that are great at working on their own and others that just need a little more push or direction. And again, I, I, tr- I just always try to find anything interactive for them. Some way to just make it hands-on in some way. I feel it's really important for kids that say, this is just too boring. You know, you find, you find a manipulative or some kind of object that they can build the math with. Um, we have little cubes for, you know, for addition or for counting, things like that that can um, expand it and make it, just make it more interactive for them. We actually have something called a Turing Tumble, which luckily yeah, yeah, we've already we have got. That. Yeah, I guess the thing is, if you haven't got one already, it's like for us now, we can't really order stuff. So I guess it depends right. where you are in the world. But something like that, and if you don't know what a Turing Tumble is, it's um, like teaches children how to do coding and it has these little balls and it drops down. But I love your idea to get the children to work together. And actually, that's an ideal activity that the two of them, an older one and a younger one, yeah. could do. yeah. Yeah, that, I do that often with my kids where, you know, if they're struggling with a concept and I know my child next older knows how to do it, I have them sit down with them and help them often because, number one, it's helping the older child to solidify those concepts in their mind and giving them a chance to be helpful, which is really good for kids, too. 
But the younger ones tend to like to learn better from their siblings or their peers, possible, not right now, but (laughs) from their siblings than from me sometimes, because often coming from mom, it's just the same old. And so it can be nice to just change things up a bit and let siblings help. And any tips on getting the older sibling involved? Now, I notice at the school that my children go to, the older ones actually have to go and teach the young ones, or they just listen to them reading. And... I do actually see when they do activities like this together that they do take on this helpful older sibling yeah. role. But often when they're not doing that, there's a sort of, I can be a little bit mean and bossy older sibling. So any yeah. any tips to, get to, to stop that? from <laughs> that's, that's a tricky one. I, I think it's going to really depend on the kids there. My kids are really used to being around each other all day long because we do homeschool. They're, they're used to that and they're expected to do things like that often. But um, maybe little incentives for them. You know, if you're helpful with me on this, then you can have this extra thing that they're wanting you or maybe a little extra screen time or maybe, you know, a little treat that can just sort of motivate them until they're used to that. I think right now with everyone's routine so different than normal, it's going to take some time to get into new habits and routines so that they're comfortable with those sorts of things. Any tips about our routine that we should be following? So one thing I think about is like, oh my goodness, my children tend to have six hours of school a day and they definitely don't. So what I've done is we have morning is morning time for work. And essentially I've split that into like first and second half and they get an hour and a half of screen time. It's educational screen time. Mm -hmm. So for example, with the multiplications, I've decided that that son who really doesn't like writing them out, I've found an app that he can use to practice his multiplications. Um, And then in the afternoon, we do other activities that aren't work related. But that's an awful lot less hours of school that they're getting. And I think my son today did three lines of math. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. So that's actually something you learn when you're homeschooling, that schooling takes a a whole lot less time than it does in the school setting. Uh, When you have just one child working through something, it's going to take 20 minutes at the most sometimes. And you'll feel like they haven't done enough, but it's just as much as they would have done in the school. It just feels like less because it's it's just expedited with less people. Uh, When you're in a classroom full of 30 children, the teacher is having to go around and help everybody. And so math may take an hour and a half sometimes. But if you're just with one child, it's going to be quicker, and that's okay. School does not have to take six hours. Um, It's just really about completing the tasks that they need to do. That's really interesting, actually. I did see a tweet from a teacher who basically said, the reason we do teaching like this is more crowd control than than learning. Mm -hmm. And when you say that, I was talking to my seven-year-old daughter about multiplications, and I explained the concept of division to her, which took about 30 seconds. Okay, two minutes, I think right. it took us. And she just got it. And I think, yeah, you're absolutely right that in a class setting, that would have been probably a week of maths lessons to uh-huh. teach her that. And she got it. And I guess you have to meet the children where they are. And each child is going right. to be different. But yeah, I think that's a really valuable point. Thank you for for that. Yeah, yeah. And often our school day, if my children are really on task, we can be done by lunchtime sometimes. And then the rest of the day they have to, to play and to do the things that they want to do because they've, they've worked quickly and efficiently. There are days that it's not till five o'clock in the evening that they're finished. It just really depends on their moods and the way they're working that day. But for me, I just have a little checklist for my children. Okay, here's your, here's your tasks for the day. And they know that once those things are completed, then they're finished with their schoolwork. So sometimes they get up at seven and they rush through it because they have other things in mind to do that day. And sometimes they're slow and don't finish till dinner time. 
Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. I guess that's what my children do when they're set homework. So it's essentially their mm-hmm. teacher who's setting that homework. And then they just do it. And when it's done, it's done. So with my older one, I don't really have to do anything for him because he's getting all of it. But it's with the younger ones who haven't got the homework. And here's yeah. me worrying about it. Any about other the worries, can I just give you a yeah. second? I I just think children are very resilient. And first of all, I hear so many so many parents concerned right now that their parents are, or their children are going to fall behind during this time period. And if you realize that the whole world is going to be behind right now, we're all in this same boat right now. All of us are struggling. All of our children are home with us. And I don't think anyone's going to get behind. I think they're going to quickly catch back up. Their minds are quick and they learn very easily. They're going to all be just fine. I think that's a big, important thing that we all need to understand. Um, as a homeschool mom, there are often times where we do more of things and less of things, and it all sort of just balances out in the end, and they're, they're going to be okay. I think that's that's just huge for us to all. Yeah, right no, now. I think you're absolutely right, and thank you for bringing that up. I think I think that's a big message that everybody needs to hear, and even though I know that, there's still that worry. Does that make sense? Definitely. You know, part of oh, me yeah, is definitely. saying, of course, everybody's in the same boat, you know, they, they're meant to be choosing their secondary schools. Now, obviously, nobody has gone and looked at the secondary schools and nobody has done anything. So everyone's in the same boat. But there's still that I should be doing more for my children because yeah. I haven't done anything. And, you know, what's beautiful about kids, too, is even if they, they're paused on their normal routine of learning, they're learning so many things around them in their world right now. We're learning so much about culture and about, you know, geography and about science with these viruses, there's a lot of learning that's happening. It might just not be in the traditional way. And and also, I think this is a really beautiful time that parents can take to just let kids really explore things that they're passionate about, because they get so little of that when they're in the school setting and they're force-fed the things that they have to, to learn. Give them a time to really read books about things that they love and just delve in deeper and maybe they love an instrument right now and let them really learn and practice for four hours a day on guitar or, you know, whatever it might be that their passion is. This is a great time to have that opportunity when they wouldn't have otherwise. Do you have any tips for encouraging children to have projects? So I know that, you know, if you want something to be that they're interested in it, how do I present them with a project that they are enthusiastic about? Um, in terms of like something that they want to create themselves? Is that what you're meaning? Yeah. Or if I say, you know, I would love my oldest son to be able to, I don't know, read about science or some history. And, you know, we've got some books at home and of course he's got access to the internet. So how do I spark his interest in a way that, you know, flames it so that he can then go on and do more about it? I definitely think it's about the books that you put before him or maybe, um, maybe he sees some YouTube videos about somebody who's passionate about that subject Right now, we can't go to places to do that, but you can find all these virtual field trips that are happening all over the place online, and you know, find something, if, if it's science. My oldest is passionate about science, and so I've always let him really delve deep, and he's taking, he's doing chemistry and biology this year as a 10th grader because he just loves them and wants to do both, and so we'll go on and we'll find videos about things. There's amazing educational YouTube channels that you can study um, and things like that that just excite him in a way that will make him want to study it out further. Fabulous. Any last tips that you have for us? Um, let me just see. Uh, we t- did we talk about routine? I think that's a big one. Um, 
Do you think so? So going back to routine, do you think that routine is important? Okay, I I do think routine is important. But one thing I think is important about routine in a home setting, when you're in a classroom, you can be really strict and regimented about your routine. I think at home, it needs to be a lot more relaxed because there's going to be constant interruptions and changes to that routine that you don't expect. Um, so a really important thing I've learned, I we do have a schedule to our day, our morning time. The kids get up and do their morning chores and we have breakfast and then it's school time until lunch. But with between those hours, it's not planned to the minute. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think for me, a routine is important, not so much from their learning point of view, but more to keep life normal. My children would yes. happily become feral and live in their pajamas for months oh, sure. on end if I let Mine them. Mine too. So yeah, too. it's about getting up, getting dressed. And also I think about, because we're confined to houses, making sure they have some movement. So we've been loving uh-huh. our seven minute um, workouts. And so we finish at lunch at 1230. And before we go and eat lunch, we do a seven or you know two 14 minute workouts and make That's it fun. Right. And one thing that I have been trying to do is make it fun for all of us because I see mm-hmm. you know my husband and myself trying to work and, you know, just trying to keep our morale up a bit and doing exciting things. Like I've decided we're going to learn salsa. Well, my husband and I know how to salsa, but we haven't That's done fun. it for many, many years. So we're going to go back and do some beginning salsa and then have some, you know, salsa nights. And it's just going to be silly and fun. I love that. I think you need to do that right now. We need to find ways to make it light. We've been doing a lot of puzzles together as a family this last week. We've gone through probably 10 of them already because my kids and my husband are just passionate about it. But yeah, I do think, so schedule and routine is, is really important to help kids just keep that structure and to know um, kind of their boundaries. You know, you need to, you still need to get up and get dressed and you still need to eat meals at a regular time and you still need to, you know, have limits on the technology usage and things like that because, it's you know it's good for their minds and their bodies as well to just continue that routine and and to just feel some normalcy despite everything that's going on around us okay fabulous so anything else you have on your list that you would like to tell us about um i i have written down simplify <laughs> and i think this is a really important thing for all of us right now because we're feeling this overwhelm we're feeling the stress and the pressure of doing everything that they used to be doing and, and I think all of us just need to kind of take a step back and just breathe for a minute and just know that if we're doing a little less educationally than we expect them to be doing or they think they should be doing, that's okay. And if, you know, for ourselves as a family, we just need to just, just need to like chill out for a few minutes, you know, <laughs> and just calm down and be okay with doing a little less. And I've seen just beautiful things happening in our home because all of our scheduled activities have been canceled. We're spending a lot of time together and building family relationships that have been really wonderful for us. And I think this is a good time for all of us to be doing that. You know, we can, education is very important, but also those relationships are so important as well. And, and so I think, I think that's a really important key to remember right now. Yeah, I think you're right. So some important life lessons that are being learned and showing, I think emotional as well, like I think our children are aware of the heightened emotions. And my oldest son has been um, meditating more. Actually, I have to confess, I told him a few weeks ago that he was only allowed to go on screens if he to play on his Nintendo if he started meditating. <laughs> That's great. It's so good for them. Good. I know, exactly. But I just, I know I shouldn't use bargaining tools, but I got so fed up yeah. of when they finish on the Nintendo and they only have an hour on the Nintendo, but then they would just be grumpy. And 
I wanted to teach them really to start controlling their emotions a little bit, which okay. I think they're getting to that age where they really can. And so he has been asking to go on, you know, he uses a guided meditation app and he's been really loving it. Yeah. And he can see me sitting and meditating at times right. as well. And they're learning, you know, oh, mummy's meditating. We have to be quiet now, as opposed to a few weeks ago, it would be walk in the door. Mummy, can I talk to you, please? <laughs> But so, yeah, I, yeah. I totally think some amazing life lessons are being learned now and, mm -hmm. and not necessarily the science and the but just how we connect with people yes. in a close yes. environment and take care of each other and what to do when we're stressed and how to treat people when everyone's feeling stressed. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, you in your questions ahead of time mentioned screen time. Can I give you a note on that as yes, well? Please. We do very little screen time at our house, and I had to scale it back to the point of almost none on weekdays because when your kids are home all day, it's really hard to control that. And like you said, your son is constantly wanting to be on it. And I think it's, it's so much harder when they're home all day. So I've just taken it out completely on weekdays, um, except for a few learning apps or educational apps that they use for their schooling. So we, we do literally none except for the weekends. And, and I know that's not for everybody, but that's a solution that's worked for me for having the kids home so often. And I, I really want my kids to develop um, their brains in different ways where they're not using their screens so often. I love technology, and it's a beautiful thing, and there's so much good from it. But I think our young minds really need a break from it as often as they can. And so them knowing that they don't get it every day, there's less battle. And so it's just been a lot easier for me. Yes, we oscillate between having vast periods of time when screen time is not available. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and during those times, they do just get on and do other things. But mm -hmm. they get into the habit of wanting the screen time. And so yeah. we didn't have very much screen time during the week when people were at school. And now I am using it more because for those educational apps, mostly. I, right, yeah. yeah. And, and then it's they an still easy get. crutch when you're busy to just say, okay, here you go. And I, I'm guilty of that as well. There's often times where I'm just, my youngest especially, okay, here you go. Here's the iPad. Just be quiet for a minute, you know. And so I get that. But for me, it's I found that when there's not the expectation to even have it, then there's less fight. And that's that's what's worked best for us. Yes. And that's hard. And I suspect as well, for people, depending on how long their children are away from school, but I suspect there will also be stages. So, you know, we're still, this is our second week in lockdown. And last week, definitely, it was a big adjustment. And I think everybody yes. was kind of shocked. I think it took Spain. It happened to us in Spain in a couple of days. You know, we went from life is normal to, oh, my goodness, there is total lockdown. And yeah. we weren't really expecting it. So that first week was a big adjustment and routines were all over the place. And I suspect that now we'll get back onto a more even keel and then can reduce uh -huh. the amount of screen time as well or get into a place where we know where our boundaries are in screen time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we're all going to start settling into a, a, a new normal routine, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, um, I, I have no idea when our schools will go back. We've been told we've got another three weeks. But I wouldn't be at all surprised if that they don't go back at all. And I know in some places they've said they're not going back till September. So, you know, it's a long time to adjust because you think, okay, we can do anything for two weeks, can't we? It doesn't matter if my children don't learn anything for two weeks. But that's the issue is that it's not just two weeks. It's going to be longer. Right. And I think that's why, you know, I wanted to get you on to chat. Right. Yeah. 
Well, I hope that's been helpful. Do you have any other questions? That... No, just if you have any last tips that you want to share with us. Uh, let me just look really quick. So, oh, just one one really important thing, just last thought, but and I, maybe we've covered this, but I don't, I think parents need to know that school doesn't have to look like, like it does in the school setting at home. It's not going to look the same and that's totally okay. And this is a good opportunity to really, you know, expand horizons on how you teach and how you do things and do a lot more hands-on learning, maybe a lot more kitchen learning, um, a lot more nature learning than they could have normally. And they're still going to be learning a lot. That's really true. And I think, you know, we know that as well, because when we sit and read with our children, cuddle up on the sofa, they're doing just as much reading as they would be in the classroom, but just in a more cosy setting. Yeah, yeah. And they love it more that way anyway. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And what about resources that you have on your website? Can you tell us about all the amazing things that you are doing? Oh, thank you. Yeah, so my website, it's called Teach Beside Me, and it's all educational activities. I have been homeschooling for 12 years. Previously to that, I was a public school teacher, and so I have that education background. And it's I focus a lot on hands-on learning activities, ways to just be interactive with learning, because I just feel like that's the best way for kids to learn when that's the option. And then I also do my own podcast. It's titled Called to Homeschool. I do it with another friend of mine. Two of us are homeschool friends in real life. And so we've put that together and we've been doing that for a year now. And it's just tips and advice for homeschool parents. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And on your website, do you, is that for all age groups? Yeah, it um, preschool through. I have a high schooler now. There's not a lot of high school content on there yet, but it's starting to grow as my kids are getting older. But yes, all ages. Fabulous. More uh, elementary focused, though, I would say. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and setting our minds at rest. I personally feel much more relaxed and that I can wake up tomorrow and not worry that my son has only done three lines of math. Yeah, yeah. And and also, I think you guys should all just know that you are amazing moms and you're strong people and we can all get through this together. We're going to be fine. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you could share it with a friend. Every time you share a podcast episode with a friend, it helps me to reach and help more people. Remember, you're welcome to sign up for my family-friendly meal plan at drorlina, that's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com, slash healthy dash family dash meal dash plan. Goodbye and have a fabulous week.